We acknowledge that we are uninvited guests on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nations, on which we live, work and create. We acknowledge the sacred lands, seas and communities. We pay deep respect to all elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty has never been ceded. Treaties have never been signed. We stand in solidarity with black people fighting for justice and self-determination across the country. You're listening to The Story of Family a collective of Pacifica and First Nation artists telling their stories through music. I'm like slapping my hands on my knees because I'm so excited. That's Guy, my sound engineer. We're recording this podcast at his house. So please excuse any background noise, cars, housemates, random cats. Uh, It's all part of the magic. I am Ripley Kavara. I am a musician, artist, event producer, and organizer. I am the creator and creative director of Family. I was born in Papua New Guinea and I've grown up in Nam and have been making art, visual art, music, events, and I guess doing community organizing over the past five years. I mean, I've been a DJ for probably like 11 years. Damn, that's a long time. This was just at like, I don't know, like warehouse parties, like DIY, queer spaces. I was 15 when I got my first crack of Ableton. I now own a copy, everyone, just just a disclaimer. I was really, really interested in the software. I found it so fun and I just spent hours and hours and hours like kind of smashing out all these beats of like different genres and I just thought it was so interesting how you can I guess create your own band through it because I was playing in like punk bands and kind of like collaborating with people at school and then I got this software and I was like oh man I can just do it all myself I don't even need to rely on people to play instruments and so I made a lot of music and played some shows in my late teens early 20s And then I got over it and kind of, I guess, started working more on visual art. I do printmaking, drawing and installation and did a few exhibitions and that kind of thing. And then I got back from an overseas trip in 2014. I had been overseas in Turtle Island, so the US and Canada. And I had been to a lot of Cutie Pock, Bipoc parties. And I got back and I really wanted to create those spaces here because I felt at the time the scene was very white. It was very centered on a specific type of techno house music, which is great, but it wasn't really what my community, I guess, was felt. There there wasn't really, I guess there wasn't really representation of a broad spectrum of music, specifically music coming out of the global south. So I started a collective with a number of other peeps called Alterity Collective and we did parties from 2014 to 2016. We did some, put on some really great events and it was, it was hard to get people to come through though because it was very kind of brand new at that time in terms of talking about cutie pock centered spaces there was nothing in our landscape of what we have now which is 
heaps of events and collectives and community members doing stuff which is just amazing it's really really hard heartening and made me so happy because i'm like i can retire i don't need to do that stuff anymore now <laughs> family is a project that started in 2017 i applied for a grant with the help of my dear friend bex and what i really had in my mind was creating a platform for pacifica artists to express who they are I, i guess expressing all facets of their identity but with a focus on music that's kind of the the inception ultimately family is a collective of artists who work together artists from the pacific diaspora and um aboriginal and torres strait islander artists exploring themes of climate change, uh, immigration, sexuality, gender identity, I guess cultural expression as third culture or diaspora communities. And it responds to, I guess, the issues that we see that are relevant to our communities in this time. The artists that are a part of family um, are a whole uh, wonderful collective of creative, talented, unique Um, and interesting people. Many of them are my beloved friends and I guess local artists to um, now Melbourne. There was artists that I already knew and then there was artists that I followed their work of and so I reached out to some artists interstate and like most of the people that I reached out to were like really keen and then it just kind of got the ball rolling from there. Musically, this project is important because for me, I wanted it to be an exploration of contemporary Pacifica sounds, instruments, forms of music. I suppose recontextualize that in our landscape of contemporary electronic music. As Pacifica artists and a lot of, I suppose, Black and Indigenous artists, have been heavily influenced by black american music so hip-hop r&b gospel but something that i wanted to do was really embed and infuse some of our musical sounds through sampling sounds and formations of uniquely identified drums um flutes horns uh sorry what's conch <laughs> Yeah, you know, we got some, we got some shell horns, log drums, and also explore this idea of devotional music in Indigenous culture, which is music that is really sacred and evocative, and that is speaking to something ancient. We have challenged ourselves to dig deeper into the musical cultural history of where our people come from and the sounds that we have created and that our ancestors have created for thousands of years and challenge ourselves to actually incorporate that into contemporary music as a way of reclaiming those sounds as a way of making music that is authentically from our people for our people using different forms such as the karakia or you know harmony as this tool 
I have identified as trans for at least five years now. Um, I always knew that I was trans. It just took me a while to, I guess, move comfortably into that space and, and, and really, I guess, own it. I started hormone replacement therapy in 2019. So it's coming up to a year now. And one of my big hesitations was the effects that it has on the voice for trans masculine or non-binary people who take testosterone. As an artist who uses your voice, it can be challenging. Yeah, there's a lot of interims where you have loss of power in your voice, uh, loss of projection, articulation. I mean, I guess you probably... Uh, yeah, you've been through the same puberty, guys. So it's like the, the you know, your voice breaks and you're like, I don't even know why, but it's just, and it's kind of this, this very uns uncertain space of not knowing how your voice is going to come out. You're just like, I'm going to make a sound and it could be like a crack or a bang or like a whistle or <laughs> whistle tones. Nah, not yet. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, it's really hard because, you know, as a person, as a musician that uses your voice, you're, it's like your bread and butter. Like, you're like, I need, you know, you kind of need to be able to rely on your voice to do certain things. So it was very challenging. It was really challenging for me. I felt maybe a bit insecure or embarrassed about it and really kind of hesitant to use my voice. But I don't regret doing it because it actually, I think it was really cool to do it I uh, to also work on something over the year and see how my voice changed which was it changed a lot um and it, I've got recordings of it at different periods throughout that year and man it's really wild to see how much Hi, it's changed this is Ripley I am five weeks on testosterone nah chicks <laughs> nearly three months on testosterone and I'm just getting used to it and it's really cool to see the progression of that and also working with the artists that I was working with who many of whom are trans if not love and adore trans people and are like super supportive so there was at no point in time did I ever feel judged or um I guess yeah I it was a very positive experience because everyone was very supportive um and understanding and just kind of patient with me and just being like yeah cool like we can change this or you can sing it again or because like when your voice is changing you get voice fatigue really quickly so I wasn't able to perform or sing for long periods of time and I recorded during this this period over this year and then performed as well twice the first performance was super hard for me. I was so nervous and like not happy with my performance. But then the second performance, I don't know. I think it was honestly the two shots of tequila or something. Um, I was, and also the ancestors were at my back. The aqua marina, the queer boy diva. Would you believe her or would you deceive her? Walk from island to island. Think quick, baby, baby, keep on trying. Unique to them said, how will you find them? Too smug, too blessed. That is your trace, that how you make it drip. Clock moves fast like the hands of a woman. Um, I was fine. I like 
feel like very proud of myself for I guess pushing through a very it's a very difficult and vulnerable process and the the like the voice like is such as it's like the first instrument it's sacred and you know when people sing it is or use their voice it's like for me it feels like it's the most vulnerable um expression and so to do that while you're kind of transforming and coming out of this cocoon and like you're like oh like I'm like still kind of a caterpillar like I'm not really like this beautiful butterfly just yet You know, we don't see a lot of that representation in the media and we don't see that many trans musicians, I guess, documenting like this process with their voice. So uh, a lot of conversations I had with artists and specifically trans artists were like, you know, even if you like fuck it up or make a mistake or it's not perfect, like the fact that you're doing it is huge because other artists will kind of respond to that representation and you going through that process and still giving it a go even though it's like it's difficult it's really hard I think my voice sounds way better than it did that's just me personally (laughs) um which means it has been very affirming for me I guess I would hesitate to use my voice in the past because I didn't feel as though it reflected who I knew myself to be um and so it has made me much more confident as an artist I feel much more content and grounded and in my place because my voice sounds how I feel it should yeah and it's also opened up a lot of conversations for me about yeah I guess working as trans transgender non-binary gender fluid artists like how do we what's our place in the music industry um what's our place in art there's so many amazing trans artists rappers singers djs and we rightly deserve a seat at the table just like anyone else and i don't think we should shy away from oh you know Like, just talk to me when you're at the end of your transition and we'll collab then, you know, like, this is part of the process um, and we're, you know, like, we're human beings too and, like, we're going through, we might be going through biological changes that make it difficult for us to be the perfect artist, but I don't really think it's about that because um, it's about representing people, their stories, who they are and why they are the way they are. I guess it's like, yeah, it's like life is messy. So like if your voice breaks on the track and it sounds good, let's just go for it. Before I was anything, I was black. Before I was trans or queer or it's really um, informed how I, how I view the world. Absolutely. You know, growing up in Australia, Australia is a racist so-called Australia. Let's let's abolish Australia. The kids are like uh, brutal, you know, like everyone who wasn't white, I'm pretty sure was bullied <laughs> at school for not being white in so-called Australia. So it's kind of this thing that's like, I think as artists of colour and black artists and you know, POC, BIPOC fans, like, it's, it's something that we're like, man, this, this conversation, this shit is not new, like, we've been, we've known this, 
these stories and this pain and suffering in our bones, you know, since we were born and since we were out in that schoolyard and people were calling us names and, you know, and we've known it in, in the queer scene and in the trans community and in the music industry of people, you know, just being racist and ignorant. And um, it's really discouraging. I've been having conversations with my peers as well, like you guys, and just talking about how much the music industry has changed in, say, the last five years, let alone 10 years. We've seen a lot more kind of, um, I think, call-outs and call-ins and people really bringing these discussions of race to the forefront of the table. Right now we've got, you know... Black Lives Matter um, protests just erupting all over the world. These protests are going on to have, you know, actions such as defunding the police. And we've got, you know, huge issues here as well with um, black deaths in custody and systemic racism and violence against Aboriginal people and different refugee and immigrant communities here, mostly all folks that um, are black people. It's, It's been very very important to me as an artist to think about how to make work as a black artist and who to collaborate with but because this collaboration was so amazing and I guess just opened up this space for so many conversations and so many potential creative like outcomes that it I guess it was a signal for us that this is just the beginning and I think it's important for these artists to be a part of our family and that's kind of it just deepens the the meaning of what is family like we shouldn't obviously we're we're different we come from different places with different very distinct cultures histories um practices languages but there's something that connects us all together there's a lot of conversations that i think need to be had and a really cool way to have that which is not just your kind of Western, oh, let's sit down and do a pod... No, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's sit down and do a podcast. <laughs> let's sit down and do a panel and just talk about cultural diversity in the arts. It's more like... Because I think the way that, you know, like, as Pacifica people, as Indigenous people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, I can't speak for them specifically, but in our way, we kind of, like... The way that we do stuff is that we do it by making it. So instead of like saying, oh, we should have this conversation, it's sort of like we should make something that means that we have to have all these conversations and that those conversations are important and they should take time. It shouldn't just be this kind of like, oh, quickly, let's like talk about how we can inclusively do this or that. It's like, no, let's take it. Let's go back to the start and figure out how these artists can collaborate together and make something that is responding to the message that we want to communicate. Recording, sound design and editing by Guy Falatulu. Music composed and produced by myself, your host, Ripley Kavara. Thank you to LOA Records and the Malua Special Choir for letting us use their recording. The Story of Family is funded by Drummond Street Services and Invisible. If you like what you hear on this series, please consider donating to pay the rent. You can find the details on our Instagram, F-A-M-I-L-I underscore collab.